0: and welcome to episode 17 of the Dinner Sisters podcast. We're two sisters taking on the nightly challenge of dinner. I'm Kate Schultz, living and working in Rhode Island. I'm a passionate cook and recipe collector, always thinking about my next meal. Like always.
1: <laughs> and I'm Betsy Wallace. I live, work, and raise a family in Atlanta, Georgia.
0: Well, our goals with this podcast are to cook a little better, learn a little bit about food, and most importantly, figure out what the heck to have for dinner. So here's how this works. Like every week, we have three recipes that we cooked and reviewed from popular food blogs, internet chefs, and other sources on the internet. We'll have all these recipes, tips, the smorgasbord, and the shopping list on our website at www.dinnersisters.com. You can get them sent directly to your inbox by subscribing to our newsletter if you'd like to preview the recipes before listening. Right. So what about this week? Okay, so this week we have
1: Alton Brown's Molasses and Coffee pork chops. Fiona's Green Chicken from Nom Nom Paleo, published on Vice, and Spiced Salmon Kebabs from Bon Appetit.
0: Yeah, so if you haven't guessed, we're firing up the grill this week. Ugh, it was such a crummy spring in Rhode Island. Seriously, it was so bad. Um, This year that I'm really happy to finally be eating and cooking outside. And, you know, I love a hamburger, a little veggie burger, hot dog. You know, as much as the next person, a beer brought, Betsy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are from Wisconsin after all. I love that beer brought. Yes, um, but you know, I feel like you can kind of get in a rut and you know, it's really easy to actually kind of make something a little different for the grill, yeah, I liked this episode because
1: you did find some recipes that went outside of the norms in terms of grilling, and we've talked about this before when mm. we go out to our little cabin that's on Lake Sinclair, which we love, it's a small so a frame. It does not have a stove. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> which is funny because we did not realize that at first. So now had we have to be to, flexible. We had to be flexible. It's called a weekender. <laughs> so we use like a toaster oven, a hot plate, and the grill. We really right. can grill up there. So I was ex- as especially excited to see some new things to
0: grill. And just saying, it's 4th of July is coming up, which is a big, you know, the American grilling holiday. So maybe these would be some good ideas for that. Right. So you were saying, first up, our first recipe is Alton Brown's molasses and coffee pork chops. The bulk of this recipe is just like a marinade, which wasn't that hard to put together. I didn't find it too tricky. I poured it in a gallon Ziploc bag, which is something I tend to do, just like mix marinades in the bag themselves. So... Most obviously, there's molasses. There's coffee in the marinade, um, but a little bit of mustard, some garlic, ginger, and thyme. um, Obviously, salt. You whisk it up, and you just let your pork chops marinate for at least a couple hours. I did this the night before. I just kind of like threw it in the bag and let it go, um, which was worth it. Yeah, how'd you like the marinade? I so I
1: had really really high hopes for this, and I did the same thing. I marinated these pork chops kind of before I left Mm -hmm. and then we took them up to the cabin and then I burned the whatever (gasps) out of these pork chops on my grill. Oh no. So I think this problem is twofold. Mm -hmm. I have a charcoal grill. Yeah. Yeah. mm -hmm. And I'm not an extremely consistent grill temperature Person, you know, so I think sometimes yeah, I light it. Takes practice. A, yeah, you know, and I'm just obviously not a very exacting person, so maybe I should be more on this. But my other problem is that I often put something on the grill and then I walk away and do something else. It's <laughs> a terrible idea. It is a terrible <laughs> idea. But like when you have three kids. And you're doing anything like I find myself doing this during dinner. I'm like, OK, I'm going to start sautéing these chicken breasts and mm. then I'm going to throw a load of laundry in. And then I'm like, yeah. oh, crap, I was making dinner. Right. Whoa, I think I probably burn those, you know. Right. So this is what I also do with grilling, which I shouldn't because it yeah. can go really badly. So I really, really, really burn these like pork chops. So I can't contribute that much to this. <laughs> Conversation and I couldn't make them again because I just didn't have right. the time. That you know, we're already kind of like manically cooking for this, <laughs> for this <laughs>
0: podcast. Okay. So, I mean, if we're going to help our listeners with this, yeah. Yes. Two, so, two tips yeah. don't walk away.
1: Um, right. you know. Sounds easier. Than it actually is. Right. I take your drink also think, with you to the grill.
0: Yes, Betsy. Yes. Take to that. And I also like kind of wonder about your grill placement. Well, we'll talk about it. It's like all the way on the other side of your no, house.
1: No, I cannot have it on the new deck that Ryan just put in. He, t- <laughs> he doesn't, okay, want, fair to, nice. he doesn't <laughs> want it on the new decking boards, which is ridiculous. Oh, that is why the grill is like on the other side of the house. Yeah.
0: We, we have discussed this, the pork chop problem. I think one of the things to do, and you know, I don't have a... We've got a gas grill. In the apartments, we're not allowed to have a grill in our patio. We can go out by the pool. And that's got a gas grill. Mm-hmm. And in that one, you can really control the heat very easily. But what I do know is that if you use a two-zone fire when you're mm-hmm. using charcoal, you... Basically, so two-zone just means that you have, like, the hot coals on one side and then almost no coals on the other. Mm-hmm. And so you get the heat oven-like action if you put the, the lid on, right? Of... Right like these hot, hot coals, but you're not going to like char that crap out of them. Like, it sounds like that you ha- happened with you. So you can right. go online. There's about probably between 800,000 and a million videos on two zone fires. Um, those
1: charcoal grilling enthusiasts oh. are probably all yes. over YouTube. Yeah. hundred yeah. yeah. percent.
0: Um, <laughs> so we'll find a good one <laughs> and, um, we'll put it on our show notes, And also, like you and I talked about this, like you do when you're grilling pork chops, you need to get the really thick ones. You know, you don't need a whole like pork shoulder on there, but at least an inch and a half. And then the other thing is like really use a meat thermometer and pull those suckers when they just get to 150 Mm -hmm. and then let it rest. And that means they'll be at like medium well, which means they'll not be dry at all. But really pull them before they reach the temperature that you think you'd like to have them at because they're going to heat up a little bit. Pork can get really dry really quickly. We don't no- we no longer need to make sure that pork is well done. Like that's kind of an old fashioned thing from like our grandma and great grandma. Mm-hmm. So if you don't mind, like that little tiny medium well pink in there, we'll make sure that you have a nice juicy pork chop. You can taste the marinade, which I thought was delicious by the way. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I like this idea. I think I will try to make these again. Because I was really looking forward to the flavor. So tell me a little bit more about the coffee molasses, how it tasted, if you did not just char <laughs> the crap out of these. I
0: liked like it. It? It, was, it was very savory tasting with a little bit of the heat, the sweetness. So I would describe it kind of like, um, you know how barbecue sauce has a little bit of sweet, but mostly like that kind of smoky, umami flavor mm-hmm. to it? Mm-hmm. Um, it was really good with roasted sweet potatoes. Oh, actually nice. mm-hmm. um and kind of a, a salad so you know i get this like f- i'll probably make this again i give this a 4 out of 5 forks i thought it was really good and it's worth it i would it'd be worth it also you know the ingredients don't break the bank i always have molasses in my house for baking mm-hmm. and coffee too so you could kind of throw this together not really um having to plan too too far ahead which is kind of nice
1: yeah well nice. i'm going to take a bye week on these pork chops because i don't think i can fairly rate them so let's move on the second yeah the second (laughs) recipe from this week was fiona's green chicken from vice which was it was published on vice and it was written by nana paleo who is a food blogger
0: right and so she is probably one of the only paleo food bloggers that i follow by the way only because her recipes are actually really good well she's pretty mainstream yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's pretty mainstream, but she's she's paleo, you know, um, yeah. which is like, again, if you don't know what paleo is, it's basically like eliminate anything that is carby or sugary or fruit or dairy. And then we start getting into debates. But basically, it's just like eat meat and vegetables. That's kind of paleo. Like a
1: caveman cave. Like a caveman. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes. Right. I think okay. that's a point of reference. All right, keep going. Well, before the paleo people come after us, yeah. um, the reason I chose this recipe, I have been searching for this, like, mythical marinade probably 10, 12 years. So I made it. It was, like, herby and it was green with, like, maybe some jalapenos in it. It was so mm. good. I haven't found it yet. But this recipe was still pretty good and all pretty close. Okay. Um, you For the marinade, you know, you just blitz up an onion um, some basil, cilantro, and mint with garlic, olive oil, fish sauce, and a lot of fish sauce, which mm-hmm. is important. It's that umami flavor. And apple juice. Then you marinate your chicken for a couple hours or overnight. I used bone-in chicken thighs, and I really do recommend bone-in for this particular. I like it better for grilling. kind of holds up. Not, yeah. Not, not as difficult. But I know you had some thoughts about the marinade.
1: Right. We talked about this because... The recipe does say to use bone-in skin on chicken Mm -hmm. thighs, I think, specifically. But really, you know, you can get like a cut-up fryer or something like that. Right, right, right. Which I usually prefer for grilling anyway because it's so delicious. But I just happened to have some chicken breasts that I needed to use up. And I went with those instead thinking, let's just swap them out. We'll see how it goes. I think with this particular marinade, which is kind of chunky and thick, Yeah. In a delicious way, but you really need that skin to sort of hold it on. And I don't Mm. think I got as much flavor as I could have out of these with the boneless,
0: skinless chicken breasts. Yeah. I feel like with boneless, skinless, like you've just got nothing for it to hang on to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And there wasn't a ton of acid in this. So there's not that like acid penetration that you sometimes would get, you know? So I think you're spot on. If you're completely against chicken thighs, which you know who I'm talking Uh. about. But
1: why would you be? Because they're like the most, it's like the most delicious (sighs) chicken. Betsy.
0: Anyway, you know, you need to have the skin on this thing. And if, you know, even, I even noticed, like if I took a bite of the chicken without the skin, it was still pretty flavorful. Mm -hmm. I also think if you marinated at least overnight and if you had a really powerful, like I've got the Ninja blender and that sucker really pulverizes things. I think also if you've got a high speed blender, you could probably have a little better success.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've got this sort of, like, rickety sunbeam blender up at the cabin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. There's also that, right? You're not, I, like, right. in your home kitchen.
1: Right. But, I mean, I think most people well. might think, like, hey, I'm going to throw all this into this blender and then just put these chicken breasts in. Right. And then you'd be a little disappointed. I think totally. if you really do the overnight with the skin on bone and chicken thighs, you will be happy yes. if you – say chicken is chicken i'm gonna do this with chicken breast you will actually not be as happy
0: yeah well a good tip good tip
1: yeah
0: um oh and i just have to say if this is the recipe that finally gets you to purchase fish sauce do it and i can guarantee that it's going to come up again and again in our podcast fish sauce carries a lot of flavor it's that umami Mm -hmm. it smells awful like don't yeah. spill it, but it tastes so good. You know, I really love this marinade. I would trot it out for a little chicken on the grill.
1: Yeah. So, you what know? are you giving this? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, four out of five forks. Okay, I'm giving it a four out of five forks too. I feel like that's like a a four out of five forks for the promise of what this would be in the future. <laughs> I don't know if that's super fair, but I think it actually will be very good. It's our podcast. You can do what you want. Yeah. Hey, man. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Next up, we've got our last recipe, which Mm. is spiced salmon kebabs from Bon Appetit.
0: Yeah. So I picked this recipe because not every grilling recipe should be an overnight marinade planning situation, right? Mhm. Fish is really quick and easy on the grill. It also marinates super quickly. You don't mm-hmm. want to marinate fish overnight at all, actually, cuz it kind of breaks down. Okay. Um so it's nice. If you have, you know, enough forethought to just buy the by the salmon ahead of time, you're you're almost halfway there. The recipe has you thread salmon between two skewers with slices of lemon in between, which is really pretty. Then you shake on a spice mixture with kind of cumin, sesame seeds, oregano, salt, and red pepper, red, crushed red pepper. It was seemed like a kind of simple weeknight meal, which I think you, you said it was too, right?
1: Right. That's funny that you said thread it between two skewers because I read in your note that you were having problems with the threading. <laughs> I think I must have just totally missed that section of the oh, really. I definitely chunked it up and just put it on there like chicken kebabs because like oh okay. why not right <sighs> with a little with a little lemon in between and I am pretty sure I saw the same maybe not this recipe but something very similar on Instagram right around the time we were making this oh. it was like huge chunks of salmon with lemon yeah. in between
0: I mean the two skewers are just supposed to be more stable but I don't think it's like make it or break it.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, either way is probably fine. So I thought this was okay. We made it again. I was up at the cabin this whole grilling week. So I right. I kind of planned to do this up there because I knew I would have to make all my meals on the grill anyway.
0: Right. Like, <laughs> so, this is perfect.
1: Right. Should I use the grill or the hot plate tonight? <laughs> So we have a very sharp fish fillet knife that we bought Mm. because we're like, we're going to catch all these fish and then we're going to have to skin these. We do not catch fish that we
0: (laughs) catch. (laughs) This is the most fish that fillet knife has seen. Oh, my
1: God. We catch these Uh. tiny, tiny bluegills that no one wants to eat because they're so adorable. And we throw them back. And then we catch these catfish that no one wants to eat because that's terrifying. Right, exactly. So we've got this, like, fancy fillet (laughs) knife, which I used to take Uh the skin off of the salmon, which was super easy. Made the chunks, seasoned them up, put them on the skewers. Nice. It was actually raining, so I have to be honest. I put these on the hot plate.
0: (laughs) But it worked, right? Which is also good to know.
1: Which, it worked in the house. It could work out on the grill. I loved it. I thought this was a great way to serve fish to my to my family and my kids, and they thought it was so fun eating it kebab style. Oh,
0: nice. Yeah, yeah. I actually made these on my um, grill pan, and it worked great. Oh, um, so neither of us used an neither actual Neither of us grill actually it. use this on the grill. I think, you know, the grill pan vaguely gets there. Um, yeah, it does. But, but these would be fine. I, I, I literally hated every minute of making this recipe. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. It was like, it was a nightmare for me. And <laughs> of the salmon skin, right? I mean, of the salmon skin. Yeah, well, and also, like, don't go work out and then be like, "I can totally use my what I now realize is a super dull knife to yeah. like try to skin salmon." I was like, angry crying at one point. It was bad, but yeah. then I like, you know, put them to marinade, and I was like, "I just need to take a shower and like maybe have a glass of juice or something." Yeah, <laughs> so I together. made it right. Like, lock it up, Schultz. Right, lock it up. It was delicious. It was really good. James loved it. If you're not dealing with, like, angry crying, that's actually really good. Just get a sharp knife, people. And I should know better. I was also irritated because I was like, I should know better to have a sharp knife. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I made it with some, like, boxed couscous, that, like, mm-hmm. Near East brand of couscous, which is delicious in a salad. It was, yeah. so, it was actually, it was really nice. And next time I'll make sure I have a handful of almonds before I get started, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I would say this is like a four out of five forks for me.
1: So it was a four out of five forks for me, too. And I think we talked about this, that you might be able to convince your fishmonger Mm. or maybe your butcher counter to skin the salmon for you. Maybe. And if you can do that, that would be a huge win. Because otherwise, the whole whether or not you are successfully able to skin the (laughs) salmon really makes or breaks this recipe. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Alright, so I have to say, wrapping it up, you know, the green chicken wasn't exactly the marinade I was looking for, but I loved it anyway, and it came pretty darn close. That's my winner for the week. What about you?
1: So I really like those salmon kebabs, and I am going to make them again and just do them kind of when I'm making a big chicken veggie gathering kebab deal. I'm going to just get some salmon for that, throw these salmon kebabs in the mix And that really gives another option for people who are maybe not – maybe who eat only fish or who Hmm. prefer fish rather than red meat or chicken. I just think it gives another dimension to that whole kebab celebration situation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, So if any of these recipes sound good to you, make sure to check out our show notes and grocery list at www.dinnersisters.com. We have links to all of the recipes. We have any tips or techniques. I will not include the anger crying um, we discussed as well um, on the on that website. So check it out.
1: Great. So here we are onto the smorgasbord. Right. What are we talking about today?
0: Yeah. So I thought this is like we're finally at summer. July is just around the corner. It'd be a great time to talk about all the summer produce that's about to flood our kitchens. Right. This is something we've seen coming up in the Dinner Sisters
1: Facebook group, which we've mm. talked about before super fun you can come in there and be all chatty with us so sometimes certain veggies can be tricky or really sometimes certain quantities of veggies can be tricky (laughs) right like you're happy with one cucumber but what do you do with 10 right that's that kind of a situation
0: yeah right Or, or you know like the bok choy you're like i know i can stir fry it but and now what do I do then, with the rest of this? Right. Right. Yeah. So um I think it yeah, it got me thinking, like, how do you how do I how do I approach it? And maybe it can help some of our listeners think about some new ways to think about what to do with their summer produce. Mm-hmm. So one trend I've noticed in my cooking is that with something seasonal, like strawberries or tomatoes, like when they first come out, I just want to eat them raw. Like a big bowl of strawberries, you know, um, or or something like that. And then um, so, you know, for example, like, zucchini carpaccio, which sounds really weird, but it's just, like, thinly sliced z- zucchini that you, like, drizzle olive oil and salt and pepper on, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of fancy, like, girlfriend dinner kind of thing. Yeah. Or just, like, a bowl of strawberries with cream when they right. first, you know, right? Delicious. And then you're like, so then you move on to other things like bruschetta with summer tomatoes. And then finally, by the end of it, I'm making fritters with the 14 cups of zucchini or roasting three eggplants for a big batch of baba ganoush. Essentially, I'm going from raw to as most cooked as possible. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And like, if you think about that, you're like, oh, I'm sick of eating these like strawberry, like maybe not ever strawberries, but like, oh, I have so many tomatoes, I can't just continue to eat bruschetta. Like, we'll cook them down for a sauce. Like, think about like moving from, raw to cooked and maybe that'll get some of your creative juices flowing yeah i think
1: this makes sense i and i really like this approach and i can see that a lot with i do the same thing with like for instance berries mm. you go from fresh blueberries to the blueberry cobbler you know you're just right like let's now throw five cups of blueberries right in this cobbler and maybe share some with the neighbors at that point right. which is which is kind of fun you know what we should link to in the show notes is Mom's Chocolate Zucchini Oh yeah. cake, which Grant, my son, actually today said we need to make sure we have extra zucchinis because oh. that is my favorite summer cake is the chocolate zucchini cake. But Don't that's you worry, kind of buddy. similar. Right, I know. I was <laughs> like, well, when the zucchinis start looking like boats, the chocolate zucchini cake will come. Like that's right. the season for that. So, yes, in the end You can always just fry something up into a fritter. I love it.
0: Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like, take the potato pancake idea and just shred whatever other vegetable. Or, right, like our Japanese vegetable pancakes. Mm -hmm. Do you have Mm -hmm. a ton of cabbage and carrots? Shred it up, you know, and make it into a vegetable pancake. So we'll have some ideas. You know who does a really good job with that is Smitten Kitchen. Has got quite a few... Well, maybe one or two, I shouldn't say quite a few. Um, like fritter recipes that she that I think are really good. So we'll link to some of those that might might um might be of appeal to some people. Great. So you were talking you've got a few cookbooks that you like to reference this time of year. I do. And they're kind of reference books. I wouldn't describe them we you know, you and I, Betsy, have talked about cookbooks that we love and it's usually about the story. And certainly these cookbooks have that kind of story to them. Um But they're almost like a good reference book. So one is Tender by Nigel Slater. It's all about just vegetables grouped according to their name. And by season, I think. He is a pretty famous British cookbook author. And he writes these very, like, lovely, concise recipes to use vegetables in all sorts of ways. So sometimes if I'm like, I bought eggplant. But I don't want to make parmesan eggplant parmesan anymore. What should I do? And you can go into that rest of the cookbook and find something to do with eggplant or aubergine. Mm-hmm. And yeah. a similar one like that is Vegetable Literacy by Deborah Madison. Hers is a little nerdier in terms of like she groups the plants by genus, I think, Betsy. Ah, all which right. Which I think if you're a gardener, I think this book I actually really like would, it. would be like yeah. up your alley. So all of the allium are together, the onions. Oh, nice, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. All of the um, brassicas, your cauliflowers, your um, broccolis, your Brussels sprouts are together, which is kind of mm-hmm. fun. So her idea is that you can take, use the same treatment for all of these brassicas. They all have the same affinities.
1: Oh, I see. Right? Yeah. So
0: like brassicas all kind of love cream. Like think about like creamy grottened baked cauliflower or Brussels sprouts with like a little bit of cheese on top, you know, those kinds of things. And so her cookbook, Vegetable Literacy, again, like I don't use these to think about what I'm going to make for dinner. But it's nice to have it on the shelf when I've gone cuckoo at the farmer's market, and now I don't know what to do. <laughs> or if something's in season, I'm like, oh, I'd really love to get some of these beautiful tomatoes, but I'm just not sure what to make with them anymore. Again, yeah, that's a great you know, suggestion. Yeah, mm-hmm. just a nice one to have on your shelf. Yeah, good. Well, I love checking out cookbooks from the
1: library oh,
0: also. Yeah.
1: so And especially these older ones or ones that aren't just mm-hmm. like new best hot sellers – You can find pretty easily. And then I think it's a great way to see if that would be a good fit for your life or not without committing to the cookbook. Because I think cookbooks are one of those things where you can get a pretty good sense if this will work for you or not. Yeah. Or if this is something you will look at. So I'm going to check those two out. I like that. Nice. Yeah. I I hope you like them. And I will one last time plug this Facebook group that we're doing. Oh. Which is so much fun. And we have been in there and people have been talking about stuff and helping helping each other out on, on issues like too much seasonal produce, <laughs> yes. which too much of a good thing, I guess. Never too much of a good thing. But it is fun to see what other people are doing. So if you are on Facebook, you can find us at Dinner Sisters FB Group is what I called it. <laughs> <laughs> and you can just ask to be at it. It's closed so we don't get spammers. But we would be excited right. to see and meet everyone who is in there talking about dinner. So what's coming up. So coming up next week, we have a global travel inspired episode. Yes. yes. And I am really looking forward to a new instant pot recipe we have, which is an instant pot butter chicken.
0: Yes. And I cannot wait for the arepas. Cheese. Oh, it always gets me. Yeah. So
1: that's what's for dinner. See you next time on the Dinner Sisters. We'll save a spot at the table for you.
0: Would you like a little dinner in your inbox every week? Subscribe to our newsletter by going to our website at www.dinnersisters.com. You can also find show notes, grocery lists and other fun stuff. Got some dinner ideas? Shoot us an email at at gmail.com. If you'd like to get some additional dinner ideas, chat with listeners and weigh in on the podcast, like our Facebook page, and join our group. We'd love to hear more from our listeners. Lastly, as per usual, no matter what platform you're using, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, iTunes, please review and subscribe. That's how people get to know us. Thanks, and happy eating.